billionaires lose risk millions to become billionaires. Millionaires risk hundreds of thousands of dollars to become millionaires. Broke people want to risk nothing to get rich. I want to change lives. I want to show people how to progress in their money. I want to show people how to progress in their mindset. I want to show people how to progress in their brand so that way they can take care of their family, take care of their finances, and experience freedom. No, I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm really excited to, to be on with you. Finally, we made it, man. Finally, I know we had a couple of reschedules and I know you're, you're, you're busier than, than heck right now. So, uh, so what's happening? What's new, man? You got this uh, new progression conference. So tell me a little bit about that, man. What's that all about? Well, first and foremost, man, I want to acknowledge you for the work you've done. I've, I've seen you so many times on my Instagram. And then not only that, uh, so Sophie, uh, she does hair and she was, she was like, Hey, do you know Daniel Alonzo? Like he's so amazing. This, this and that. And I'm like, man, I do know Daniel. Uh, I know of Daniel, but now I get to finally say, Hey man, we're starting our relationship here. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, she, she, she was cutting my hair for, you know, almost a decade, man. So, um, Sophie is awesome and, and, uh, really cool that, you know, we're, we're, we're connecting with different people like this. So, uh, she's told me lots about you, and uh, I've been studying you for for quite some time now as well. And and so, congratulations, man! You're a marketing expert, man. You you're you're a you're an event builder. You're a speaker. You're 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 tearing it up, man, in in the world. So, uh, tell me about this progression conference that you got going, man. Progression conference. It's a one day business event. I started it uh, in 2017, so a little bit for a, 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 a couple of years ago. I started it back in back in the day, man. For me, back in the day, and it, I started it with Les Brown. He he helped me kick it off in 2017, and it's been an opportunity to get small business owners together to learn how to grow and how to expand and how to take their business to a whole nother level. I know me going to seminars and me going to conferences was a big deal for me. And it still is to this day. I just came from one in LA just two days ago and it's still a big deal. So I, I get to create those experiences and bring people together, bring my network together uh, to, to just level up and everyone progress their business in their life. Incredible, man. I mean, Les Brown, dude, how, how'd that happen? How did you create that relationship, man? Les Brown, 2016, I got an opportunity. So a year prior to that, uh, I got an opportunity to to join one of his courses, one of his online programs. And it was one of the biggest investments uh, at that time of my life because it was rare to spend $5,000 on an online course or whatever the price was, 10 grand. I don't remember the price, but I know I, I had the feeling it was big and it was rare to spend that type of money on nine videos. All I got was nine videos. However, it gave me access. It was nine videos and, a, and like a conference or a seminar that I that was part of that investment. And uh, I invested. And one of the things I told the salesperson, I said, hey, man, can I come down and check out your operations? Come check you guys out. He said, yeah. So I flew. I left Los Angeles at the time where I was living, flew down to Miami, got to Miami. I go to their office. I'm checking out their corporate headquarters. By the time I leave, as I'm leaving, Les Brown walks in and he looks at me, stops dead stare, look at me and says, young man, you look like me when I was younger. And I'm like, dude, you sound like YouTube. And and from there, our relationship started, man. And it was a phenomenal experience. And that's how we started our relationship. Uh, for fast forward a few months after that, I started being an FSR for him, which FSR means a field sales representative, where I go into a city uh, nine to 12 weeks ahead of him 
fill up a, a seminar room and then he comes in speaks i go to the next city fill up a seminar room uh for nine to 12 weeks run rate and then he comes in and speaks and then i was doing that for about a year year almost two years and then at the end of right, right around the two-year mark uh so what is that like 20 months in that's when i said hey i'm gonna host my first one and then that's when i hosted the first progression conference that, that's uh, what a what a great story i mean really you know coming from nothing right i mean you know coming from just a, a sales guy to now you're building your own conferences so you're 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 doing you're you're what, what i love about it uh andy is that you are modeling after a successful person so you looked at what he did and and correct me if i'm wrong but you looked up at a lot of the things that he did and now you're modeling that process after uh you know into into your own operations is that kind of what's happening a little bit kind of kind of kind of not you know the the industry is interesting because it's very similar to music when you have music when you have musical artists and they host a, they're 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 doing a rap concert or a singing concert whatever that looks like they're not the ones filling up the 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 venue they have a what they call a promoter and the promoter is the one managing the infrastructure and this the the singer is the talent getting on stage so they have the notoriety but the person running the infrastructure and the business itself is the promoter um and that usually the promoter is behind the scenes so what i did was i learned the promoter role on how to promote and i essentially made myself the talent but you you're promoting for yourself so you're you're Basically, you're you're doing what you used to do for less. Now you're just doing it for yourself, and and then you're you're the talent as well. So I would go to a, I would go to a venue, for example, let's just say Keller Williams Real Estate or Century Twenty One or car dealerships. So I would go to these small businesses, and I would say, Hey, bring your sales guys, bring your team members, bring your marketing managers, and come and see this great speaker. It's going to be Les Brown there. It's going to be so and so there. It's going to be this person there, that person there, so on and so forth. Brian Tracy's going to be speaking. This all these people are speaking, amazing. And uh, so when I started doing it for myself, I would say, Hey, I'm going to be the one speaking at this conference, and let me share with you a snippet of what I'm going to share with you at the event and i would share it to the group so instead of saying come and see these guys or these other speaker people i would say hey come and see me and i'm bringing in uh uh an array of different speakers and, and so forth fantastic man well that's exciting stuff hey thanks again uh for coming on wealth on the beach podcast uh you know we're, we're bringing in the, the the best names in the world man i mean you uh i was watching one of your videos you were talking about how you made your first million. And so can you kind of tell our audience, uh, you know, share just a, a small piece of that story of how you made your first million dollars? I think the interesting thing, man, is about who you get around will define what's significant or not. Um, so I, I, I was raised in the smallest state in the country, Rhode Island, and I was raised in the smallest city in that state, which was my city was one square mile. So from one end to the other end, you jog a mile, you're out of the city. Um, so one gas station that I remember, you know, high school or two, and that, that was really about it and a, and a bunch of homes and full of drug dealers, gang, gang members, violence, so on and so forth. And at that time to make six figures, I mean, still to this day to make six figures is like a huge, huge thing. So at 19 years old, I was working for some guy who owned a bunch of cell phone stores. I said, uh, one of my 
I was a manager at one of his stores. He had 10 stores. So he wasn't like too big where he had 100 or 200. Now he is that big, but he wasn't too big that I didn't, I didn't have access, but he was large enough that he had enough experience. So because I worked under him for quite some time, about a year and a half, I learned the ropes of how to run and operate, manage, hire, fire, retrain, train, how to greet, how to qualify, how to sell, how to present, how to close. Like I learned how to run and operate the cell phone business. And um, at that time, he was it was Metro PCS. And at that time, Met Metro PCS was being acquired by T-Mobile. So it was early on. And I saw the growth of the, the, his business. And I said, hey, I want to grow my own. And my friend suggested that I open up my own cell phone store. Super scared, super scared to do it. But I did it anyway. My first month, I couldn't pay rent. So I went back to my, my old boss. and I said, hey, will you mentor me? Show me the game. Show me the ropes on how to run my business. Within my first five months after that, I made I banked $100,000. So I had hundred grand in the bank. And I, I was just 20 at this time. Then I, I was at my store and I wrote on my, on my notepad, I want to make a million dollars. Three weeks later, I get an opportunity to grow the location, to go to my second location. It was a mall. I go to the mall. And the guy's like, hey, $16,000 for rent for this location. But but it was in a prominent area. It was on the third floor. It was a little kiosk that I would have on the third floor of the food court of this mall where no one in that right mind want to spend $16,000. But I took the opportunity and I and I that was before payroll, before everything. Else. So I took the opportunity. I did it anyway. And after doing that, business was so great. I opened up a second kiosk right in front of the Apple store in that same mall. So I'm on the third floor and I'm on the first floor right in front of Apple. Apple was another prominent location. It cost $16,000. Everywhere around it, you know, you're paying 10, you're paying 11, you're paying 12, but right in these two prime spots, the food court, and then right in front of the Apple store where a bunch of people will go buy cell phones. So I took those two locations, I'm paying $32,000 in rent, and before payroll, before any of that, I put staff members, and I just hustle. We, we're out there hustling. Hey, can I get you to come and get a phone? What phone do you have? I'll take their phone, put it in my pocket, and I'll show them our new latest device, boom. And at this time, I'm 21 years old. I get another opportunity to open up another location. So I'm at four locations at this point. Uh, by the end of that year, 2015, I made my first million. Wow. And, and so so the, the it sounds to me, Andy, like you are, I mean, you're, you're the epitome of hustle, man. I mean, you are a hustler. You're, uh, you know, something inside of your DNA says, uh, I'm going to make it. I'm going to do something big with my life. I'm going to be successful at something. I'm going to make millions of dollars. I'm going to, and then all of a sudden you decided, hey, look, I've done it. Now you have a story you can tell. And now you have the ability to go out and teach it to other people. And is that kind of what, what got you thinking about doing these events and, you know, obviously talking to real estate centers and, and in all these different car dealerships and things like that. Is, is this kind of why you thought about doing this? Uh, yeah. Because why didn't you just keep selling? You know, if you're making millions, why didn't you just keep selling and just keep doing that? Well, uh, so in my book, I wrote a book called No More Average. And the re one, of the re one of the things that happened to me was, I think what helped me grow and expand was it wasn't really the money. It was the fact that I felt like I was changing my environment. I have friends that are doing pretty much life in prison right now that I grew up with. Um, I have friends who are no longer alive, the whole nine yards. And I thought like, I was like an angel sent on earth right now to go ahead and change this environment for like the, you know, my, I got family living in there. You know, I got family living there. You know, I, I would lay in bed at night and I would be really nervous. I'm talking about an 11 year old kid. I'm thinking like, 
I shouldn't be too close to the window because a bullet hole, a bullet, a bullet might go through my window. Like this is the thoughts that I'm having at 11 years old. You know, you know, celebrating my 12th birthday. I'm like, damn, but dude, I, tomorrow, man, it shit. I hope I make it. You know, this, this is the mindset. And um, so I thought at this age, at 19, I'm like, okay, this is the time I can do something about this now. I'm running a business. So I was growing and I was expanding and I was experiencing this tremendous amount of fear with expansion, growing, sales, money, da, da, da. And I thought I was changing my environment. And then my right-hand man, who I opened up the business with, because I, I was frustrated one day and I said to him, I said, look, man, I, don't, I feel like people just don't care about the, their growth. I'm doing the work to get them in here. We're listening to Les Brown. So one of the things at all our sales meetings, I had 14 employees. So we're all listening to Les Brown on our headsets, thinking about success, progression, growth. And then one one of the things that he told me, my right-hand man, when I opened the cell phone store, he said, Andy, do you know that some people just come here for a paycheck? Like they applied for a job. They got a job. They're working for a job. And you're over here doing this motivational speeches to everyone. And they listen to you because you're the boss, but they don't really give a damn. And I was like, what? Get the, what? Get, like, I, it was so foreign to me. I did not believe that. So that, that company's name was Progression Wireless. And that, because I thought I was going to progress people. So when I found that out, I did, I did a little survey and I found out that was true. And that kind of fucked me up mentally to the point where I just said, look, I'm, I actually want out. I want to be around people who want to grow. So that's when I thought becoming a motivational speaker would, would be the right way to go about doing it. So I became a motivational speaker working with less. But what I found out, motivational speakers, really, unless you have a huge name, you're not making money motivating people, especially with YouTube nowadays. Like, you're not making money motivating people. So what I discovered is that the skill set of marketing came across subconsciously when I was forced to fill up a seminar room and get people to purchase with their money for with a specific deadline. So that was marketing to get to get hundreds of people. And I'm solely responsible for this to get hundreds of people to pay and to get them to leave work, leave their family, leave their kids, leave their husband, leave their wives, come here to, to a specific day. That same skill set is what gets people to buy clips. That same skill set is what gets people to buy phones. That same skill set is what gets people to buy your products or your services. And that's where digital marketing came from. I had to master digital marketing to uh, hit my first goal, which was filling up our seminar rooms. And that is the best way. So when you see someone like Grant Cardone, the, his background came from filling up seminar rooms. His marketing skills 100% came from filling up seminar rooms. He took that skill set and now applied it to different products and services. And so, so what are a couple of keys that you can give? Because a lot of people that are watching right now, and you know what industry I'm in, uh, financial services, yep. I have 1,500 agents, 50 locations. And so there's a lot of people right now. And of course, our, our wider audience, they're, they're all little small business owners, man. They're, they're, they're people making anywhere from 25000 to, you know, maybe half a million dollars a year or something like that. And they're wanting to know right now, how do I market online? So give us a couple of tips on, on, on things that you would recommend that all of us as small business owners really implement in our life today. A lot of the books that colleges are teaching, a lot of the books that entrepreneurs are reading um, derive from content that was a decade ago, two decades ago. And post COVID-19, we live in a brand new economy. Now you can either A, recognize that by being present, or you can hear it about it in the textbook at a decade from now that a new economy has, has been created. 
So the first thing that anyone needs to understand is attention engineering. You need to be able to uh, engineer the attention of your potential customer, your potential recruit, your potential downline, your people. You need to be able to uh, engineer their attention and take them off the platform that's gathering their attention. So a lot of people are like, okay, I'm the Instagram expert and I teach you all about Instagram. Well, here's the thing. You don't have any control over Instagram. So you might have a a process that you figured out for over three years about the algorithm, the current algorithm of how Facebook and Instagram works. And then they switch the algorithm and boom, everything that you just did is out the window. So what you need to do is take them off of that platform. And I mean, shit, Facebook might shut me down for this shit. They, they already took off. They took, actually, Facebook took down my Instagram last year. But what I'm sharing with you is you need to take their, your client your downline's attention off of that platform and engineer it somewhere else. And where are they really going to be focused on already? They're focusing on their phone. They're still on their phone. But here's the key. If you're able to get in their text inbox, if you're able to get in their email, if you're able to get in their voicemails and communicate with them with a punch like Mike Tyson would hit in the right spot. So if you're selling a product, you're selling a service, what is that one line or what is that couple lines that you can communicate to someone to say, whoa, I'm interested. If you can do that effectively, you will change in revenue. Your, your people doing 500,000 will do 5 million because they're going to get in front of the person, the person who has interest face. Like, for example, when you do a Facebook ad, I don't know if you noticed when you do a Facebook ad and people say like the impressions, you, you see how many people saw your ad. Well, you could be watching a video and you're so focused on the top of your screen, watching that video at the bottom of your screen is going to be a link to a post and Facebook will tell you that was an impression. No one ever saw it. So people are thinking like, oh, I'm getting so many eyeballs, but really the platforms are the one in control. So you got to put yourself in control. So the first step in attention engineering is getting data getting the name, email, and phone number of your potential customer. What is their name? It's not saying, you know, get them, like, don't use Facebook, don't use Instagram. Use Facebook, use Instagram to get the data. Use the platform, get the data. Number two, build the relationship with that individual. Number three, have a call to action so strong that you take them off of whatever they were watching. So from Instagram, you're like, hey, look, you're, 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 current, you're, you're down and out right now. I'm going to teach you how to make seven, I'm going to teach you how to make six figures. I'm sure you've heard that content before. Or, hey, you're, you're a brand new mom. I'm going to show you how to keep your baby sleeping and growing while, you know, while you're working. So those elements are like, hey, you know, that's kind of interests me. That solves the problem that I'm currently dealing with. Then you got to get their data, name, email, and phone number. So that could be through web pages. That could be through email sequences. That could be an opt-in. Now, what I'm finding is the most effective right now in the past was like getting people to a landing page and how them put in the name, email, and phone number. What I'm finding now is artificial intelligence by gathering, having a faux conversation. So faux means fake. By having an artificial conversation where it, it, you're connecting with a robot, your, your person is connecting with a robot, and is having a conversation that's designed to get the name, email, and phone number of the potential lead. Maybe ask them a few survey questions like where, what state are they from? What is their current income? What is their financial goal? Gather all that information, put that into a customer profile, and then from that customer profile, you can now market to them and give them the right solution for their current challenge. And that's why we created a market in our marketing company. We have a marketing software called Progreta that manages that whole entire infrastructure of 
getting the lead. So imagine someone DMing you. You might see those ads where people say, hey, direct message me the word, and, 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 and it kicks off this conversation. Well, that's our software kicking in, having an artificial conversation, gathering the leads. It goes right into the marketing software, and the marketing software can now automatically email people. So at any given point, for example, in a direct message, in our client's direct message inbox, they may have 30, 40, 60 uh, conversations going on, and the software is kicking in and automatically replying and having an artificial conversation, gathering leads, having a conversation with them, setting up appointments, and, and, and taking them through a sales process to bring them to your downline or to sell them a product. That's already valuable for them. And, and so this is this could work in any business, any industry? Any business, any industry. If your customers are online, all we're doing is just a, taking their attention taking it off the platform, not relying on the platform, taking it off the platform into a place that you control. And right now, the way that text messages work, the way that emails work is if I send you a text, 98 out of 100 people are going to open it. If I send you a DM, Daniel, it's going to go in your request bucket and you're not even going to see it for a couple of weeks, a couple of months. So with text message, with text messages, you're able to get right to them, right in front of them and have that conversation and go back and forth with them. And it feels you know, it feels personable. Their name gets attached to it. Their current email, and you can ha configure the software to say, hey, I noticed that you're from software, enter state here. Hey, I noticed you're from New York. And, and it will do all of that for you. And the, the, your customer, your downline, your recruit is going to be like, hey, I feel like this person knows me until it brings them to an appointment. And then on the appointment, you can have in your system, like in my computer here, I have multiple screens. You can then look into the software and say, oh, this person's from New York. This person is interested in this. This person is interested in that. And now you can gear the conversation for them in the right direction. That's, 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 pretty, uh, that's pretty awesome, dude. I mean, very, very exciting. This, this is what, what I've been telling people for years and years and years. This is the wave of the future. This is how we go from Stone Age to the, to the real future is what you're talking about is, um, you know, instead of these one and two sales at a time, you know, to create something that generates massive amounts of sales all the time. Because, I mean, the truth is there's 400 million people in the United States and Canada. Our product, your product, anybody's product is never, because, you know, people tell me that all the time, I mean, you know, throughout my career that, well, you know, is the market going to be saturated or, you know, does everybody have our product already? How come, you know, everybody says we already know about the product? Well, that's just because you're talking with people in your own area. If you're able to, to venture out to the entire United States, this thing will never end. And is any of that making sense to you, Andy? 100, 100%. I think the biggest challenge um, in many businesses, if someone says the market is saturated, is that your customers don't buy when you're ready. Your customers buy when they are ready. Your customers, whether it's a downline recruit for them to purchase in into the company, whether it's a person of, of interest of your product or service, they don't move forward until they're ready. So if it's a recruit, like in your business, if it's a recruit getting someone on your, on your team and, and so forth, they may say, hey, I'm all corporate right now. But six months from now, their corporate job lets them go. And they're like, man, that guy who presented to me that thing, he was right. He was 100% right. So the market is not saturated. So people that aren't just, some, some people are just not ready. It's, when, I remember when people say, uh, no, it just means not now. Like when, like when, it sells, when you're in a sales role, it just means not now. It, 
come back six months from now, watch how their life change and how much more they need your product. And because you're such an expert in your product or your service, you're already thinking, you know, five months ahead. You're already thinking 10 steps ahead. They just currently right now in the present. So you have a solution that's for them. So that's why we use digital marketing to stay top of mind. So that'll be the, the next thing in, after attention engineering is stay top of mind that when someone comes into your marketing funnel, or you're, you're, they, come, they come into your DM, you stay top of mind with that individual. Right? Stay top of mind. Get in front of them and stay on their mind. So that way when they're, if it's for your business or if it's for my business, when someone, for example, I know what your industry is, right? So when someone is looking for a money-making opportunity and you, they say to you, hey, not right now. I'm not interested right now. I, I'm not interested in none of that whoosha whoosha that you're doing. Okay, well then, because they feel like they are safe in their corporate job, well, six months down the line, COVID, because of COVID and the impacts and the negative impacts, hey, I'm sorry, your your department is being furloughed or your department is being laid off. And at this point, they know that it's time to become an entrepreneur and do their thing. Well, at that point, instead of them going to Google, how do I become an entrepreneur? They should have already been receiving your text messages. They should already be receiving your emails. So now when they say, hey, I, I just got a text message or an email from my company that says I'm being laid off, they instantly go to you and say, hey, I need to, I, I, I want the opportunity. I'm interested and I got to go all in on it because I got to take care of my family. So not right when people say no or you think the market is saturated is because not enough people are hearing about you. In today's day and age, there is so much noise that the natural response is no. Just to feel a little bit okay. So you as an entrepreneur, you got to build a little bit of a, a, a skin that's thicker than what was done before COVID. You got to build a thicker skin. However, the people who are going to win in six years, seven years, eight years, the people who are going to win, who not only have that thick skin, but also have that process that doesn't take them a, a bunch of time, a bunch of energy and a bunch of money. If someone says no to my artificial intelligence machine that's doing the sales and marketing for me, do I really feel the emotion of it? It's a software. So I get it off my plate and I automate. And I invite your audience to do the same thing. Get it off your plate and automate that process and just focus on the on the, on the cream that rise. Because the people, for example, the people that I noticed that who are utilizing this technology, they're getting on sales appointments, they're getting on, on home presentations or kitchen table presentations with people who are like, I was already sold before you got in here. I'm already interested. I'm, I'm ready to go. And I, I let my software and the tools cut through that white noise that our, the, our economy is feeling right now of so many different opportunities, so much different information. So in order to cut through, persistence is the key. So the way that you persist is that you have software and tools do the work. You don't do it. That's big. And uh, I mean, a couple of years ago when COVID actually started in uh, 2020, about 2019, maybe November 2019, I started to, uh, to post some Facebook ads. So everything you're talking about is so right on because, uh, you know, when, when, and of course, ads are a little bit of a, a different scenario, but just to get people to understand why it's so important that you have a presence online. Uh, when, when I had a Facebook ad, the first thing they did when they clicked on my ad is they went and they Googled me. The first thing they did is they checked out my Instagram. The first thing they did is they, they checked out my Twitter. So what, what people in this day and age, what they're doing is they want to know that you're a serious player. And by the way, if you're sending them text messages all the time, or you're sending them emails all the time, well, guess what? They look at you as the expert now. They look at you as the authority in that world, whatever world you're in. 
and they want to be in business with you. So it, it's, it's interesting because there are so many people during COVID that went out of business. Yeah. And my business went through the roof because I had massive amounts of leads coming in all of the time. People knew who I was because I already had a presence online. So they knew who I was. And so they would, you know, get on a, a call with me, a Zoom call. And, and by, by the way, I never left my dining room, uh, you know, stable. I literally, never, like for an entire year, never, I just sat in front of a laptop and did Zoom presentations. And I wrote more sales in, in one year and recruited more recruits in one year that I'd ever done. And I've been doing this for 25 years. And I, I kind of went from zero. I just, and the reason why I did it, and I, I, I don't really go in the field that much anymore, but the reason why in 2020 I did it is because I wanted to show my organization that it was possible, that you can't make excuses no matter what happens in the world, that, that a winner will always find a way. A champion will always figure out a solution to any issue that comes up and persistence, like you were saying, persistence and determination and consistency. These are the things that separate uh, the, the winners from the people that just don't make it. And so it, it was pretty powerful. And so the question I have for you is like looking at that online presence, because you have a really good online presence right now. So like, for example, if I wanted to go into business with you, all I got to do is look at your Instagram or, or look at your LinkedIn or whatever it is. And I can see that you spend time building content. You spend time giving value. You're always teaching and helping me as the consumer of your content. You're helping me become a better version of me. Therefore, if I ever wanted to go into business with you, it's much, much easier for me to say, yeah, let's do it, man. I, I want to be in business with you. Yeah. So in the system that I'm share, that I, I'm sharing with you, where you attention engineer, your content is actually not for new customers typically, or new recruits or new team members or or whatever your your business is. It's not for acquisition. It's for top of mind awareness. Still, it's still because as soon as like if you, if anyone here goes follows me at Andy Audate, I'm gonna reach out to you and I'm gonna ask you to get in contact with you. I'm gonna I wanna start a relationship with you right now off of Instagram, off of Facebook. I'm gonna reach out to you to make sure that we stay connected. If Facebook goes and and no, the number four thing I wanna say is take responsibility. Everyone here, like take take super responsibility. I know Facebook is gonna go down one day. It, all businesses fail just a matter of when. All businesses fail is just a matter of when. So take responsibility that all the work. I know there's a lot of people like, for example, last October. So a, a year from a year last year, um, my Instagram got deleted. I was getting uh, a bunch of people doing fake like fake accounts of my face. It would be my face. It would be my social media post. But they would add like an underscore or like a period after my name. And it's a fake account. You know, I'm sure that happens to you now. So now the wrong account got deleted and it was my actual real account that got deleted. Now, if I was someone who was completely reliant on my Instagram, then I know there's a lot of people that's like, how do you make money? Everything is on Instagram. Instagram is my CRM. <laughs> and I'm like, no, you can't have it. So when I got my Instagram deleted, it didn't. No one besides my Instagram followers, no one knew. My income didn't know. My bank didn't know. Uh, I just knew because I looked at my phone, but I didn't fret. Why? Because I had a system post, you know, after the platform. So all, many of my Instagram followers, I've already have them as leads to do business with in the first place. So it's having that process and that system to attention engineer. As soon as you come into my world, 
get you off of my Instagram. I don't want you to follow my Instagram. I really don't. But if you are going to be on Instagram, at least let me show you some of my content. Right. And so that's why we use Instagram. But my open rate is much is better than my Instagram. Uh, how many people see my Instagram? My if I DM X hundred people, I'm going to get more people to open up my text messages than they are going to open the DM. And that's just how it works, because on those platforms, there's so much noise. So take responsibility, knowing that Facebook is going to go down one day. Build a process to, to continue that relationship that if they leave your Instagram, maybe you have a relationship with somebody on Instagram and that's the only way you know how to contact them and you think that it's okay, that that's the only way to contact them. Well, take responsibility that one day Facebook is going to go down. Do you still want to be in a relationship with them? Do you know if they're going to follow you on TikTok or not? They, you might not. Do you even know what their username is going to be on TikTok? So get access to their phone number. One of the first things I did on this call today with Daniel, I said, hey, Daniel, I don't have your number on my phone, but what's your phone number, man? So if Facebook goes down, Zoom goes down, all of this goes down, at least I can call you. I mean, if the phones go down, that we have a bigger issue. But I got Daniel's email. I can stay in contact with Daniel, not from a, a sales perspective, but from a maintaining the relationship perspective that if if Daniel changes his cell phone number tomorrow, I'll say, hey, Daniel, I, I tried calling you. It didn't work. Can you give me, you know, give me a call at this phone number? Things happen. Take responsibility to stay in communication. As you're growing your business, as you're taking it to the next level, you're going to get in front of a lot of people. And things happen where people change their phone numbers, they change their Instagram, they change this, they change that. Get as much information as people on people so that way you can stay in contact with people so that way you get you take advantage of the new platforms or the new technologies that's coming out because it's, it's growing now faster than ever. So number one was really attention engineer. Get people off of whatever platform and be sure to, to engineer their attention so that way you can have a relationship and a conversation with them. You said that uh, fear is a direction. What, what, is that, what does that mean to you? I'm a God-fearing man. God-fearing God -fearing to me rec recognizes that God is in, really in control of this whole ship, everything. And when I think about the relationship that I have with God, my experience has been when I feel that butterfly, I feel that nervousness to do something. It's as if, if like, like if I pray to God, and I say, God, give me a sign to open up a business or God, give me a sign to talk to this. If I should talk to this woman or not. And I feel that butterfly feeling in my stomach. That's that nauseating. Like, oh, my gosh, I'm nervous. I'm scared. What if, what if, what if? That's actually God telling me to do it. Like the devil's trying to attack it so much. God is telling me to go in that direction. So four weeks, six weeks ago, I got married to the love of my life. Her name is Lori. Her, her name is now Lori Audet. And I hosted an event three years ago, a conference that I was super terrified. It was with some big speakers, people on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Some of the biggest speakers that I can, some people who are making $400 million, uh, $40 million in their business. I'm like, these are, these are some top caliber people. I'm bringing them to speak on my stage, get them in uh, on, on my platform. One guy, for example, he was doing $12 million a month in e-commerce. And I'm bringing these guys on my platform. We pull up to the conferences, there's Lamborghinis out front and so forth. And I was completely terrified because at the time I'm thinking about it, at the time I'm 24 years old and I'm putting all these attendees in the audience, bringing all these speakers to my conference. And I'm like, can I do it? Should I do it? Would I do it? Could I do it? You know, all these thoughts are coming to my head. I got my family, my family, my mom my assistant flew my mom in uh, on me so it like surprised me and, and i i went what if i'm a failure what if this doesn't work out so all these fears come 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 to me however no bs i don't know how many weeks before but i got on my knees and i prayed to god and i said hey i'm ready for my wife please bring me my wife 
The next day, I'm watching a video on Tony Robbins and Sage, his wife. Tony Robbins met his wife at one of his seminars. She was front row. And as I was watching that, I said, that's it, God. I pray to you that this takes place. That conference that I was super tremendously fearful of, which I was this close to not doing it, that I was so scared, this close to not doing it, that that's where I met my now wife. And she sat front row. She walked up to me. And because one of the thoughts that I had in my head was, I'm at a conference, you know, we have professionalism. This woman's so beautiful. I wanted to stay in touch with her. And now I have her number because she registered for the conference. But I said, hey, can I have your number personally? She gave me her number. We started our relationship. And that experience, to even ask for her number, I was scared. So every time I feel nervous, I feel fear, that's the direction to take. If I succumb to my fears, I wouldn't have hosted that event. I would have met my wife. I wouldn't have had the partners I have. I wouldn't have had the customers I have. Because those elements create fear is the direction to you, for you to go in. So whenever you're nervous, whenever you're scared, whether it's to, to do a policy, whether it's to join the recruit, join the team, become an entrepreneur, whenever you're nervous, that's actually the direction for you to take so that way you can experience the success that you've been asking for in the first place. And there really is no wealth without risk. Yeah. And there's always risk involved. I mean, in anything we've ever done, anything we've ever created that's, that's good, that, that is meaningful, that has brought the most fruits in our life, it's because of the risk that we took before all of the great things happened. And that to me has always been a, 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 a direction for me in my life is, you know, if I feel like there's risk involved, it's usually the right way to go. Now, of course, I analyze the risk. I want to make sure that it's a, it's a proper risk. It's a calculated risk. But sometimes you just take a risk based on the way that you feel inside of your gut, inside of your soul. And, uh, you know, when, when, whenever I get ready to pull out my checkbook, it's usually... Like, okay, you're ready to take a risk. You're ready to go on another journey. You're ready to create another story. And by the way, not all of them work out perfectly. I've lost hundreds of thousands of dollars in investments that I've made that, you know, that were wrong. But the truth is, is that because I kept taking risks, because I kept uh, going for it, because I kept trying, because I kept persisting, well, guess what? I've made many more millions than the hundreds of thousands that I've lost. So uh, I ended up doing much, much better in the long run because I tried. And most people, they're so afraid. They're so scared to give up something to go up to that next level. They never take a chance. They never go for anything. They never, you know, and, and by the way, that this is kind of why you talk about being average, right? I mean, this is most people. This is why they will stay average for, for, for their life, right? 100%. You know, um, one of my one of my friends, he he posted on Instagram, this dude's uh, he, he does like all of the uh, press for large influencers, especially in the Latin community. And, and I, I went on his Instagram one day and he said, he said, billionaires lose risk millions to become billionaires. Millionaires risk hundreds of thousands of dollars to become millionaires. Broke people want to risk nothing to get rich. So what I'm sharing with you is you got to take that risk. You got to take that, that next level so that way you can see. And honestly, recognize that life is rigged in your favor. Even with the challenges, I think if, you, if any of you, especially the listeners, if you have, if you think back to the, like the last two decades of your life, 
and you think back of all the times that you felt like life was devastating. It was this was the worst possible thing. How did that ask yourself? How did that turn into a blessing? If you just ask yourself, like, remember that scenario where I lost all this and I did all that and it didn't work out? Man, that was the worst decision of my life. But ask yourself, because of it, where and how did it turn into a blessing? You will find it. You will seriously find it. You will find out where that turned into a blessing. I remember, truthfully, truthfully, one of the situations for me was when I was growing the cell phone business um, and I did, I ended up doing a deal with T-Mobile and partnered up with T-Mobile. But I, but with T-Mobile, there's like, there's like so much, you can only have stores within so close distance between each other. Otherwise it becomes a conflict between locations because you're taking the same customers. So I, when I did a deal with T-Mobile, um, there was nothing specifically saying that you can't have another carrier, but it was just not maybe the best practice later that I found out. So I ended up, I wanted to open up a store in a certain location. And when I opened up the store in that location, instead of it being T-Mobile, it ended up being another carrier that is under T-Mobile. We called it an MVNO. So you might see, for example, you might go to a location where you see T-Mobile, but then you also see like Simple Mobile. And it's like the, one of those off brands. So what I did was I took the same infrastructure that I had with the large carriers and I put it with the smaller brands. And, and then we did a bunch of stuff where we did, it got really interesting with our, with our way that we market. We got very interesting with our marketing where we marketed, uh, where we finance phones pretty much to anyone, anyone. If you had a social security number, you could finance a phone with us. And that helped us make so much. We financed thousands of phones with a large bank. And when I opened up one of the locations, T-Mobile um, actually said, we want to stop doing business with you and stop growing locations with you. And I was devastated. I was devastated that T-Mobile would say such a thing. Then what I realized is that that gave me the opportunity to get out of my agreement and do my life's calling. So at a moment where I felt like I was devastated, that's when I said, okay, like my, before, before I go into context, a couple of weeks before that scenario happened, um, I wrote down, I call it a letter to God, but I wrote down like what I wanted my life to look like. And I, and I talked about being able to make money on the beach. This is why I love the name of your podcast, Wealth on the Beach. I wanted to be able to make money on the beach. I wanted to be able to travel, make money while speaking. And then really make a, and, and one of the things I didn't want to do is I didn't want to be stuck with inventory, which a cell phone business is you're stuck with inventory. So I already got clear that I didn't want to do this business. And that's why it's so important like to get super clear because when the opportunities present itself, it presents itself. So when T-Mobile came to me and said, hey, this is the deal. If, if, we, if you open up another store outside of our brand, we're not going to do business with you uh, moving forward. And I said, pull the agreement. Because I found the opportunity for me to leave and do my life's calling, which was the speaking. And that's where I got in touch with Les Brown. And that's where I started speaking. So I found a way out of a, 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 of a deal. So many times you'll find your way your way into a deal because you're super clear on your thought process. You're super clear on what you want. Understand what you want. The opportunity will present itself, and then fear is going to be the direction for you to take. Whatever you fear, whatever you fear, that's going to be the direction for you to take. So take that risk, so that way you can experience that reward. So um, when when you look at uh you know, your, your, your future, what do you see like the end result look like? I mean, what, what are some of your goals that you have for, for your lifetime, for your family, for, you know, just your, your businesses, where do you see yourself 10 years from now, man? So marketing, marketing is the, the, 
the infra having a, a successful marketing infrastructure allows you to build whatever else takes you know you can have the worst salespeople, but if your marketing is on point when people call in they're ready to buy so sales is not the most important element as far as building systems around marketing is because you can have terrible salespeople, but the marketing does a lot of the legwork and essentially the salespeople are, are are amazing because of the results that they're pulling from the marketing you don't have to focus on customer service or or legal or law if you don't have any customers because your marketing is bad. So marketing is the most important element before any other area of business. So what I want to do here is I want to support so many small business owners that now there's there's two things here. There's a selfish reason for everything that you do, right? There's always a a, a gain, but there's also an output that you're going to that you're going to do as well. So what I want to do is I want to help so many small business owners take care of the first element of business, which is marketing, help them grow their income so that way they can build the remaining infrastructure behind marketing and then because of that in the future, me and my wife are building a real estate portfolio where we're now we're going to help the people that we helped make so much money. Now, can you invest in now? Can you invest into us and work with us? This is the first time I'm actually public publicly sharing my intention. So I help people make so much money. I take you from the level of income that you're at right now, put systems, put processes in your business, help you grow, help you take care of your family. And then right now I'm 27. So that means by 37, I have such a large amount of clients that we've supported in our marketing companies and our marketing software company that now I'll ask for a favor back is a portion that we helped you make invest into us. And let me give you a return on your money, but also help us grow our real estate portfolio. So that way we all get rich. Love it. Well, you're uh, you definitely for a 27 year old, uh, you uh, you definitely have some huge ambitions and huge goals and huge dreams. And and, and it's awesome to see it. And I, I wish that more people had that type of ambition. Not everybody's going to have it, but I, I, I hope that the people that are listening, if you have kind of that thinking of, of dreaming big and, and, and this thought of of wanting to do something crazy and great and travel and see the world and financial independence and all these things. I want you to know that you're, it's okay. You know, just because people might be laughing, just because people might be doubting, just because people might be putting you down, doesn't make them right. So just for a second, remember that this is your life and, and, and you can do whatever you want to do. You, you could dream as big as you want to dream. You could fight for, your, for those dreams as long as you want to fight for those dreams. And it's okay. You're not the only weird person out there. Andy's weird. I'm weird. I know a lot of weird people, man. I mean, and usually the dreamers are the weirdest, yeah. but they're also the richest in the end, right? I mean, we're, we're dreamers, man. We're, we're, we believe that something great is supposed to happen to us. And I know that we have some listeners and people watching us on YouTube right now that are like literally glued right now saying, I want to do something big too. I want to stop playing small. I want to get out of the fucking cubicle. I want to get out into the world and try something new. I want to go for greatness. Why not me? This is the question I want to leave everybody with is why not you? Why, why not us, man? Why can't we have great things? Why can't we be super rich? Why can't we drive nice cars? Why can't we live in million dollar homes? Why can't we have those great things? And this right here, Andy, is your message and our message today hopefully will, you know, infiltrate, you know, itself in, inside of somebody's core today 
and in, in, in their mind to say, you know what, man, it's time. No more messing around. No more procrastinating. No more putting it off. Why not us? And so, hey, man, if, if you could just leave us with a final thought, Andy, about life, about you know your business, about whatever you want to talk about, uh, tell us something to, to 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 you know close us out here today, man. Yeah, the, I think the big the big thing is to progress on a daily basis. You know, my my software company is called Pro Greta, and Pro Greta is is I, I it's a play on progress daily. So P R O G R E on the progress. I took that and then the D A from the daily Progreta is our software's name. My conference name is Progression. And the reason why is just to recognize that if you really want to make a change, it's not about making a, a three a one eighty today. It's about progressing on a daily basis and experiencing the growth over time, compounding the education that you need to learn in order to maintain what you have acquired, the blessings that you've acquired. So by focusing on a daily basis, get around the right peoples, serve, give value. So if you're connected to Daniel, give him value. Say, hey, Daniel, how can, how can I support you? Understand his challenge, what he has going on and say, hey, let me add value to this organization. Let me add value. Let me put you on a stage. Let me do this for you, Daniel. And getting in front of people and saying, hey, let me give you value because all of it will be reciprocated. So you're going to get yours back. But also recognizing that if you help other people, they'll help you. So number one, you take care of yourself by you progressing on a daily basis. Number two, now that you're progressing on a daily basis, and that's a continuous effort, whether you're progressing on your health, your finances, your relationships, and so forth. Now that you're progressing on a daily basis, number two, give values to others. You will become one of the wealthiest people on the planet. Just continue that process. Number one, progress on a daily basis. Number two, give tremendous value to other people. Well, well said, Andy. Thank you so much, man, for, for all that you do, all the value that you brought today. And uh, I know that we're going to all be checking you out in Progretta and, and your conference. And, uh, and, and also, like, so how, how do we get a hold of you on Instagram? Because we want to follow you and send you cool messages and stuff. So where, where do we follow you, man? No, that's a great question. I'm going to give everyone my cell phone number so everyone pull out your, your, your phone and take my cell phone number. My cell phone number is 702. I live in Las Vegas. So my cell phone number is 702-830-7408. Just shoot me a text message to say, hey, I heard you on the Daniel Alonzo podcast. So once again, my phone number is 702-830-7408. Once again, that's 702-830-7408. Once, one last time, 702 830 seven four zero eight just shoot me a text and say hey i heard you on the daniel alonzo podcast and and let's take it from there looking forward to working with each and every single one of you all right everybody as always continue to dream bigger than ever make sure you get after it come on it's time to get after it but most importantly do it now god bless you we'll see you at the top thank you daniel thanks brother